K-A-U-T-O, or online at kpfk.org. We'll take care of everything, and you'll help support the quality programming you hear on KPFK. Just call 877-KPFK-AUTO. That's 877-KPFK-AUTO. Or donate online at kpfk.org. You're listening to Fiercely Independent KPFK, 90.7 FM Los Angeles, and on the web at kpfk.org. The Expansion Zone with Sonia Barrett. On the Expansion Zone, we examine life and our quest to understand who and what we are and of the vastness of human potentials. We explore the making of our world from quantum physics to parapsychology, health, sociology, and philosophy, along with practical living. You are reminded of the possibilities in creating personal change. So for an hour, we'll stimulate and expand the mind. Well, welcome once again to another edition of The Expansion Zone with Sonia Barrett. I'm, of course, your host, Sonia Barrett, and thank you for joining me once again on this Monday. And as always, wishing you the best that the week has to offer. Yes, many times Monday, Monday starts the week. But uh, we definitely want to start off our, our Monday with an attitude of, <laughs> the, of the whole week being uh, the optimum that it can be. Things take risks. Life is happening now. And that's by Paulo uh, Colejo. And love that one because, you know, that's my stance. <laughs> that's always been my stance on life. Uh, all right. So our... Guest today, well, let's see, our, our topic really, what's our topic today? I, I said that the topic is going to be shaping your consciousness for health and living as we, and living as we enter the new cycle. And this is, this is major right here. And who better to really have this discussion but Dr. Kamal Kakai, MD, uh, and who is the founder of Healing Health Services. And... Let's check out his bio. We've been on the show before, but I love his bio, and there's a few things added as opposed to the last time. So I'm going to read it, not the entire thing, but if you want to read the full bio, you can go to theexpansionzone.com and click on his profile. But his journey towards a multidimensional medical healing practice as a college scholar at Cornell University under the tutelage of a Nobel Prize laureate in chemistry. He chose medical school at Yale over Harvard and a full scholarship to law school. Dr. Kakai quickly realized that there were too many limitations in the scope and practice of mainstream medicine. He took a year away from medical school to study Chinese medicine and homeopathy and began studies in a traditional Africa and ultimately became a priest in this tradition. During this year away from Yale, he was introduced into quantum physics and began a metamorphosis in his understanding of what constitutes a human being. His graduate thesis on physics, medicine, and acupuncture was accepted. After graduating from Yale Medical School, Dr. Kakai went on to complete a family practice, a family practice residency while deepening his studies in Chinese medicine, Chinese medicine, homeopathy, and traditional African culture. Since his medical residency, Dr. Kakai has maintained a private practice, creating a leading paradigm that is inclusive of biomechanics, biochemistry, bioenergetics, and consciousness, Chinese medical theory, African cosmology, and Western medical research, 
have fueled his drive to make a difference in the lives of people. He has worked with multiple applied kinesiology systems and has utilized nutritional and botanical therapies throughout his professional career. He is an affiliate of the Oxford Research Institute and has used peptide therapy in his practice for the last 20 years. Dr. Kakai also uh, directed a stem cell program in, in Manhattan for two years and brought heart map biochemistry and bioenergetic healing into his practice. His website is healinghealthservices.com slash Dr. Kakai. Now, I wanted to read this because whatever we talk about today, it's letting you really know that this individual has spent his life really researching his own personal research, really, because that's how it begins. It's their own quest and going out and doing all that he can, he could to pull as much as he can, he could together and continue to do the same. He continues to do it to this day, he never stops learning. And so what we're going to talk about today is going to be based on, yes, his medical background, but also his own personal quest to be more than maybe we were told that we could be. Anyway, welcome to the Expansion Zone once again, Dr. Kukai. We're kindred uh, spirits. <laughs> yes, we are, and I so appreciate our connection. Um, it, it means a lot to me. Um, it means a lot just to be able to share some of my journey. That's, you know, I appreciate that you read that because mm -hmm. it gives people an idea that there's so much more to life, to healthcare, to medicine, than what we're exposed to every day. Mm -hmm. And not knowing, not having access um, can actually create more problems for you in your life. <laughs> so it's just good to know there are other things out there. Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah, because we tend to get caught in uh, not just in the medicine, medicine aspect, but one model system. We're, we're sort of programmed that way. And, um, and the world is vast, life is, is vast, creation is vast, and to, to really get people to open up to that uh, is, is wonderful. So let's begin, where should we begin? Because I want to lead into the idea of this new changing cycle of the new year and shifting, you know, helping people to shift their perception and consciousness and, and really to explore the significance of, of how shifting those perceptions can make a difference in what when we land on the other right. side of uh, right. 2022, <laughs> the right. illusion of 2022. <laughs> exactly. So let me um, start by I've used something called a four pole model, and that and that four poles, right, which relates to everything that you can conceive of with respect to human functioning. There's biomechanics. There's the biochemical piece. So if you think about biomechanics, that can relate to everything that deals with massage, craniosacral therapy, chiropractic, I mean, even surgery. But the whole idea of this is really dense mechanical level to our existence. Then there's the biochemical level, which we've kind of been indoctrinated into as being a part of this culture. That includes everything from food to vaccines. <laughs> you have botanicals, supplements, um, anything that you would take that you know has a chemical effect, not to mention environmental toxins and pollutants. And then we get into the two areas. Um, well, there's the bioenergetic level. And that's the level that is kind of new to the Western world with respect to appreciation of, let's say, acupuncture meridians, that acupuncture points are points of least resistance on the body surface, that there's an electromagnetic field, that the heart generates a field that's 5,000 times stronger than brain. And it's in that area that people do a lot of holding, a lot of holding of childhood experiences, of negative experiences, where we people get crystallized in fear and anxiety, shame, guilt, doubt. That's there. And then the big level <laughs> is consciousness, 
And if you look at the word, word individual, it, it breaks down to not divisible duality. And that not divisible duality is the persona of consciousness that flows through you, works through your five senses. And then the expanded aspect of that, that deals with this whole conscious universe that we're a part of. So, and what was really cool in, in my journey is understanding that this really isn't so much about religion, although of course people try to approach it that way, because religion generally has it there's something that's outside of you that's actually creating and making all of this happen. And the reality is, is actually flowing through you. It is you. It's always there. It's always something that you can connect to. And once you drink some of that Kool-Aid, you really don't <laughs> want to go back. <laughs> you know, that's a good Kool-Aid. That's good Kool-Aid. And that allows for a real appreciation of people, of nature, the environment, of life, with all its ups and downs. And it adds this more quality to human existence that, let's face it, it can be really challenging and quote-unquote painful. So you really want to be in the right frame of mind to actually approach life and all that it has to offer. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, there <laughs> ends the show. <laughs> oh my you know, absolutely. And, you know, I wish that this was really taught in, in school in the sense of um, what you mentioned about our emotions and, and trauma and these different points in the body where this kind of information lodges and how it ultimately impacts our lives. And I think that as we go along, particularly in our world today, I think it's really important that people recognize where their, you know, fear, the impact of, of fear on their bodies at, at this time. Now, now from, okay, so from everything you've said, if we're looking at the compounded fear that people have, well, now, and then the fear that they already had there, so, you know, they were talking old traumas, all of these things, I mean, it, it compounds, right? And, and then it's got to have an effect then, of course, on um, our ultimate health. Well, you know, the thing about the human reality is that the mind, or we should say the aspect of mind and monkey mind, is always going. It always has something to say about something, about everything, right? And about and, nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. So what happens, um, I think I remember listening to one of Joe Dispenza's um, podcasts and him making the statement that 95% about the age of 30, 95% of what people are doing and thinking about um, in any given day is what they thought about the day before. It's <laughs> so, just patterns repeat. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So what happens is we get crystallized. So as we get older and the body wants to fossilize, so does our mind. So we get crystallized in ways of thinking and functioning. And, you know, the younger generation will always point out how the older generation just seems stuck in old ways as the external world seems to change. Like but I love disco. I had to throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck in the disco era. He's definitely stuck. <laughs> anyway, you know, go ahead. Yeah, well, there's always ballroom dancing. You know? <laughs> Not like disco. But uh, yeah. True. But that, yeah, so yeah. go ahead with the crystallizing because that's really very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, um, you know, there, there are times in life where you have a chance to break that up or life presents opportunities uh, where that can be broken up. And I certainly had my share of experiences that really led me to understand that Life had to be more than what I was being taught in medical school. I don't know what I expected, but it was a profound disappointment when I'm expecting to really understand more about life. And we quickly went from anatomy, biochemistry, to pharmacology, and drugs. 
I'm like, whoa, like, whoa. <laughs> what happened here? So in taking that year off, I had to reground myself in a more open-ended way at looking at what is. And it's really nice that Western culture was getting caught up with respect to quantum physics and understanding that there's this underlying reality that's always there. And it's almost like, um, like if you look at the sun and you see a sunspot coming off of it, if you can imagine the sun is this undifferentiated field of matter energy, and all of a sudden something shoots out, well, that shooting out of whatever that is, that kind of represents this created or manifested world. So within that, it's constantly changing and morphing, and we get the opportunity to play in it. So as soon as people recognize that um, you're more than your ego and that you're really in the big video game, <laughs> you know, and you do have the opportunity to play big, you can really don't have to play small. You don't have to play within the restrictions that you were fed from within your family, that clearly you're being fed in terms of the mainstream media. You can play big in a huge way. Now, just to make this more relevant, um, what has been shared in looking at comorbidities that are associated with poor outcomes, if somebody actually gets, you know, like COVID, even though most people think if you get COVID, you're going to end up in a hospital, it's less than 5%, even without therapies being offered. With therapies being offered, you, you can certainly minimize that. But in terms of the mindset, in terms of comorbidities, the first one was obesity that makes you more predisposed to really getting sick. But the second one was anxiety and fear. Now, there's a whole lot of anxiety and fear being dished out. So one of the things as you approach the holiday season is to, to stay off of mainstream media. <laughs> I mean, take a peek every now and then. But what's really interesting, and I, I did the experiment for myself, is that if you go on Fox for a few and you go on MSNBC, right, they're really just talking about each other. Oh, the Republicans said, the Democrats said, and I mean, it's just the conflictual nature of the whole thing is going to leave people anxious. And what I say is that that's actually the purpose. The purpose is to make you, is the shock doctrine, is to put you in such a state that you are more malleable for whatever program is going to be run out. And think about it. When you really start following the corporate tree in terms of who owns what, ultimately, these stations are owned by the same group of corporations at the very top of the pyramid, right? So there's a reason all that is getting generated. And part of that reason is the most dangerous person or people on the planet are people that are fully awakened to the possibility of who and what they are and what they can do. Now, if you think even like civil rights, you know, you think about Martin Luther King, think about Mahatma Gandhi. If your vision for yourself and your reality was really shaped by an external world, you're not going to get too far. You have to create, and this is what we're talking about coming into new year, you have to create an internal vision that at first is like you're pushing to it, but the clearer it gets, the more it pulls you, right? And it becomes more effortless in terms of things unfolding for you. So then you move into what we call the zone, right? And that's the zone where synchronicity, where revelation, where intuition, and all that has free play to actually work with you. So that is the gift of being a spiritual being, having this human experience, because that is always there for you to actually tap into. And we need to do more of that in this upcoming year. That is, that's the, that's the key. That's the key. And, you know, looking on at, again, what you just said, 
Um, I think for people to also recognize their addiction, we, I'm going to use that word addiction, addiction to this upload of fear, this, this constant pull towards listening to the same thing at 5 o'clock and then at 10 o'clock, and then you know, whatever the other times are, it becomes, it becomes an addiction for people, no differently than, you know, anything else. They're drawn to it. They're drawn to it. And, you know, the brain, as you say, the brain looks for patterns, and, you know, we begin to form these patterns, right? Habit becomes a pattern. It begins to, to form these patterns and get drawn to this kind of thing. So it has to be become a chemical re- reaction after a while, and your whole body starts to operate based on, oh, uh, turn to the news. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you yeah. cannot watch the news, and you go on Yahoo or something, and all you have to do is just spot the headlines, and that's it. You spot the headlines. You don't even need to read it. It's, it's the same thing over and over and over. Right. But in terms of creating something new, uh, let, let, let's talk, I think, a little bit even uh, deeper about the significance of perception. Mm. Because life is so based on, really, our perception and the stories, right, that unfold from our perception. We talk about that, changing Perception can make all the difference in terms of the story you you line yourself up for in 2022. You know, um, we always say that um, consciousness wants to express itself through you as you. So there there becomes a question of, of how much of what is can you actually be privy to, that you actually can give expression to. And... One of the easiest ways to actually get to that is through meditation. And let me take the word out, meditation, out, because that calls up, that triggers all kinds of thoughts for people. But we're really talking about being silent in a place where you're receiving more input from within than without. So for some people, that can be a long hike. For me, it's taking a hot shower. I get all kind of downloads, you know. It could be anything. You have to figure it out how your body is orchestrated so that universal portal will help to open that up so you can make that connection. And, in fact, just to share an experience that happened with me in medical school, one of the things that really propelled me out of that framework, um, I was a second-year student and we were making rounds. And um, I was, you know, understudy, clearly, taking care of someone. She said, you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to die today. You know, this is the day that I leave. I, like, you know, I checked his vital signs, you know, with his clipboard, called the resident. Everybody said, oh, you're fine, you know. So the day goes on. And then later on in the day, <clears throat> I come back to his bedside. And he looks at me and he says, I'm going, going, gone. And in that moment, that man, that spirit like just left, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it was cold blue or whatever it was. And everybody starts running in. I just retreated to a corner because I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't learn about this in middle school. <laughs> Wait, what? I said, this man just went. You know, you just said I'm out. Said I, you know, and that and a few other experiences just led me to looking at, uh, in addition to quantum physics, the Carlos Castaneda people remember that. Right. Oh my goodness! I said this is just too real to be not real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in terms of the stuff that was being laid out, but you know, so but the idea of coming together. This is why people come together to pray. Right, except a lot of times the prayer is directed at something that's outside of yourself. And, you know, when I was training in, as a traditional priest, um, when we talked about um, different deities, a different aspect of that one power, right? And within that, if Africans wanted to, you know, harness the energy of love or harness the energy of peace, 
there was an idea that there were rhythms associated with that, that you could play on the drum, right? There was all kind of this chanting and things to actually bring that up. So, but I think the main thing that really helps to open the portal where you can actually make that connection to a higher consciousness is having that group meditation, that group energy, because it creates a feel, right, that helps to clear away all the debris that's in your field. It helps to silence, you know, um, some of the, the, the monkey mind that wants to keep talking and that you can take your focus away from sensations of your body. You can take it away from the thoughts of, you know, what to do and what happened, and you begin to have an experience um, of yourself, of a connection with your higher self. And that's when things open up because as an awareness, that's really the only thing that stays with you. We've, in my practice, we've done like past life regression for darn, maybe 25, 30 years now. And, you know, and you hear um, what people have to say in terms of things that they've experienced or what comes into awareness or people that have had near-death experience. Your awareness continues beyond the plane of this, this reality of this life. And people, that, that still seems really far. This is not something about religion. This is just more the reality of because energy well, we know E equals MC squared. Energy is not destroyed, but neither is consciousness. Consciousness is just always there. So we're talking about how do you tap in. That was a whole idea with this time of year. If you look at the cycle like a sine wave, right? This is like at the bottom, the, the yearly rhythm. And this is a place of maximal internalization during the winter solstice. So it really is a time to pray, right? The prayer is about increasing your vibration so you can be more available to what is. I know that's a lot of words, but I hope people can get the idea within that. Yeah, no, I think, um, yes, I think that uh, you said it, I think you said it clearly. I think you use words simply and I think practical in a practical sense of understanding <laughs> <laughs> understanding centeredness balance um the chatter everybody can relate to that that monkey mind just you know which often i'll just go would you be quiet um so <laughs> but anyway let's uh take a quick station break and when we return we will continue this wonderful uh, conversation um with dr Kapai. the broadcast Experts have said that the case has little chance of success at the Supreme Court, much like the numerous other GOP election lawsuits that are pending in battleground states. But then again, those experts, they are just guessing. They are hoping. With your host, Brad Friedman, and producer, Desi Doyen. There's enough going on right now. There are enough X factors still remaining that that's one I'd rather not contemplate. Correct. You are, as usual, correct, Desi Doyen. Tune in to the broadcast every Monday at 3 p.m. right here on KPFK. The Palestinian Youth Movement, Al Auda, Harriet Tubman Center, Black Alliance for Peace, and others will meet Monday, January 15th for the MLK People's March and Vigil. Money for food and housing, not for genocide. They will gather at 2 p.m. at Western and MLK Boulevard in Los Angeles, marching to demand an end to Israel's genocide against Palestinian people and the genocide at home against black and brown people, and to continue the struggle for jobs, housing, and health care. That's Monday, January 15th at 2 p.m. at MLK and Western.
Kabaygani. Join us for Black History Month KPFK fundraiser by Freedom Now and Move the Crowd. A conversation and book signing with Dr. Gerald Horn, hosted by our sister Dr. Melina Abdullah, happening Saturday, February 3rd, 2024, from 1 to 3 p.m. at the Center for Black Power in Africatown, Lamert Park. Dr. Horn will be discussing his books, I Dare Say, and Acknowledging Radical Histories. This is happening at 3423 West 43rd Place, 9008. Tickets are online at kpfk.org or at the event. Once again, that's Saturday, February 3rd from 1 to 3 p.m. Conversation and book signing with Dr. Gerald Horn. We'll see you there. And we are back. We're, of course, coming to you from KPFK 90.7 FM in Southern California and streaming live at kpfk.org. And you are tuned in to the Expansion Zone with Sonia Barrett. And that's me. And we are chatting with my guest today, Dr. Kamal Kakai. And we are talking about, well, getting yourself together to move into this, uh, this new cycle. And, uh, you know, I, I love what you said when you're really just sort of breaking down uh, the cycle, like bringing that to our awareness of cycles. We're just moving through this whole other cycle, just as we will move through our own personal cycle when, you know, we say we have our birthdays. But, you know, it, it's just a series of cycles that we're caught in <laughs> from from immeasurable moments to measurable moments that end up as what, 365 days. So, you know, there's a simplicity to it, but since we're not really taught uh, in that manner, it becomes this very complex thing. Now, meditation, let's just go back to that a little bit. Yes, the word meditation, people do get a little um, put off by it. But if we recognize what it's, it's really centering yourself, it's really can you can you just be present? And I, I kind of get like you, you know, some of these words are so overused, you know, being in the now, um, all those things, people get conjured up this whole other thing. But quite honestly, w- what do we have? It's always now. That's what I like to say. I'm like, it's always now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's never next week because it's always now. So I think even to come into that understanding, you can even just spend time just focusing on that whole idea of now. that's what I did. And I realized I, there's nowhere for me to go. Once I'm really in the space of, wow, the only thing that's happening is what's happening right now. My mind doesn't run off in the past and doesn't run off in the future. Isn't that such a challenge though for us, uh, Dr. Kadai? Because we we like the future, right? And we like the past. We just don't like right now. So, you know, there's a part of you because you do have an ego and a persona that sees the need to plan, to yes. do things like that. Um, and some people can become very rigid in that when reality might be telling them something else. So, and that's why it's important on a daily or at least a regular basis to go into a silent zone where you can actually be informed, you know, about just about your plans. Because what they say, there's God's plans and there's man's plans, you know. So, but that God within you will actually speak to you if you give it a chance or an opportunity. And being in the now can actually be simple. I remember talking with my son, who his now moment is when he's actually cleaning the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) He's a good husband. (laughs) He will clean that kitchen. And he just gets totally immersed. And that's what he's doing at that moment. And being in the now can be very refreshing in that way. Because the the now is an eternal reality. I love it. The now is always going to be there for you. And we, in this culture, the monkey mind has has generated this whole concept now we call multitasking. (laughs) Right. And. People, some people can, right? And then the ones that can really pride themselves on being able to do all this multitasking, right? <laughs> but I mean, to be frank, it's overrated. <laughs> I know. I'm a multitasker. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, but so the idea of just taking time, I remember at one point and I had to change my life because I realized I had 30 minutes a week of unscheduled time. Wow. I was doing two radio shows, big family, big practice. I had 30 minutes a That's week. That's insane. It was insane. So, you know, that had to go. <laughs> yeah. So a whole lot change, you know. And a lot of folks, if you're lucky enough just to be listening to this program and you need that push, right, to make a change, right, life is always going to tell you, hey, you're on the wrong path. You know, because why? Things just don't keep working out. There's always a block and obstruction. I, I think what people have struggled with is that the the larger changes in a society make it difficult, more difficult, increasingly difficult to maintain a way of life that we associate with, with comfort, with the American dream, with all of that. Because, you know, in the larger framework, the economics don't make sense. And when I say the economics, I'm talking about the whole echo and the, the whole environment of the earth, right? We're so focused on right now on this virus, right? That we're not looking, we're, we're still in a man against nature, a war against this virus. That's not it. Because what's happening, we're breaking down the whole infrastructure. If you think of the planet as a spaceship, which it really is, right? Just hurtling through space, right? We're killing off all the crew members. We're killing off the plants, <laughs> the animals. And guess who's next? You know, as we like just, just what rot in our own toxicity. Every other male gets cancer, one out of three females. I mean, come And there's on. a reason. And that's there, what people there, are looking at. There's a reason. And interestingly, you would think, oh, we just need to clean up the environment, this, this and that. It doesn't happen because the level of consciousness is still at that real ego individual level and hasn't moved up into that heart area to really open up in such a way that you can begin to experience the truth, not just of your existence, but in everything else. It's all the same life energy. There's one consciousness that's flowing through everything that you need to link. We need to link up more into that if we're going to create the changes and the structures that we need and not go from like one drug to another, you know, I mean, if you think about it, um, you have adaptive immunity and you have innate immunity throughout this whole pandemic. What do we hear about innate immunity? Cause we already know it's established scientifically, even though people don't want to seem to acknowledge it in the media that the vaccines don't stop you from spreading or getting this infection. That's, it doesn't work at that level. And it's curious, in fact, why you see in the places that are the most vaccinated that there are these high levels of people actually getting COVID. That's a whole nother story. But the point I want to make here is your innate immune system, the part of you that why in any one household one person might test positive and be symptomatic with COVID and everybody else is just fine, even negative test, right? So I want to know more about that. Wouldn't you want to know more about that? Or would you rather get a booster every six months, <laughs> right? What can you do to actually strengthen your innate immune system? So that's going to be on everybody's mind, um, well, it should be. <laughs> that that you know. should be the overall yeah. emphasis. It's just that we're not hearing that aspect of it, um, the overall emphasis of strengthening one's immune system. And what does that look like? That doesn't come up at all, basically. And what's in interesting, to solve, to, to actually help the innate immune system would be also dealing with all these other things that are threatening our physical existence here the level of toxicity, loss of species, climate change, it's all tied into the innate immunity, including propensity for anxiety and fear. So if you see a public health system that's dishing out anxiety and fear, 
that's not emphasizing what you can do for your innate immune system. Um, as a thoughtful, conscious being, you have to take pause and really say, well, what's actually going on here? Again, we're not dealing with that because we're dealing with your own space right now. And in your own space, you might be directed that there's certain things that you have to do, but clearly there are other things that you really need to, to, to look at with respect to your state of mind. You know, a lot of people don't have any kind of internalizing practice, you know, and they need to have a conscious approach to that in the same way that you need to have a conscious approach to what foods you're going to eat, when you're going to eat, where you're going to eat, right? You have to have a conscious approach to what thoughts are you going to accept, right? How are you actually going to approach orchestrating your life, not just in a planning thing, but so that your energy is more open and you can stay in the moment and stay in a state of peace, joy, gratitude, and love. So that's what, I mean, that's what drives me to try to keep working at that so I can really be the best that I can be, you know, while I'm here. Yes, and I definitely <laughs> second that. I definitely second that. But, um, you know, when you talked about the uh, the constant planning and the various things that we do in terms of you know running off into our heads into the 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 future and so on safety i think that's the word that always comes to mind you know control or the kind of control that we try to impose upon our own lives anyway is about safety and security we really really are big on safety and security that most often is an, an illusion and uh, that was something that I really started to look at some some years back, just in my own life to see how I'm behaving and to also listen to people. And I get it when there are folks that say, you know, yeah, we have to save the planet. And I personally, I say that saving the planet has to begin with the individual working on themselves. If, if we were to actually do that, we wouldn't do pretty much most of what is being done to the planet. It just wouldn't happen. You would be in a completely different state. So it really begins with the internal work, right? As opposed to just thinking, okay, we're going to go out there and we're just going to fight for peace or whatever we're going to do. Well, what about you? Are you working on yourself? Because that's that's where the issues began. Well, what's interesting, um, there are a number of... Um things that have come up that actually help along with the meditation. Um, you know, so Western technology actually has a role to play. And I recently, and we both know Greg Gillespie, right, who's a, um, a combat Marine veteran who right. was really damaged by multiple explosions in mines and actually participated in a project um, where they attach different electrodes and the computer, this is a brain biofeedback and where the computer actually can tell you what areas are out of balance. And then the computer can figure out what microcurrents, I mean, currents that are far less than anything on your cell phone, right? Can actually bring the brain back into balance. And I both, I know that both you and I have experienced this kind of therapy and that balancing effect that it has on the brain, that was very helpful. So I think Western technology has, uh, has ways to help um, decompress some of what we're holding in our mind space, in our biofield. Because I know after doing that therapy, that was like a, kind of an awakening moment. And mm -hmm. clearly he went on to actually set up a whole company because within one one treatment, he said, it cleared he out. He saw the difference. He saw the difference in terms of how his brain was functioning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're all kind of what they call QEEG systems with brain mapping, where now you're focusing on the brain waves. How do you bring those back into balance? And there's ways to use just simple visual technologies to actually do that. So there's you know, a lot available to us. And, and Greg certainly has been on the show 
um, with um, Neurogen. And as my listeners know, pretty much everything that I've had on all these people, it's things I've done myself. You know, I am big, uh, like you are, Dr. Kakai, uh, on what what can I do to support this sensory system, this this vehicle, this journey? And you, we share that. So it's not things where we just right. we hear about it and we just kind of tell you. We, we're interested for ourselves, and then we come back and we share that information. Right. So I'm, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I've done it a few times. My older son's done it, and so many of my friend people I know have done it. And everybody has experienced an unbelievable shifts because you don't know your right. brain's out of balance. This is right. the thing. One side of my brain was a little bit off. I was like, oh, that ex- that explains some things. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of, you know, if you think about it, so the holiday season tends to be stressful for folks, right? The people that are quote unquote healthy out here shopping, trying to get deals and do things like that. Um, and then there are the people that are stressed because they're not in position to do that. Right. There are people that are stressed because they had horrible childhoods and they went through all kinds of things. So I have one patient, you know, she like sends her kids off with their their grandmother because she can't handle being the holiday season um, Mm -hmm. in terms of the, the stress that it brings. So there's a whole lot of healing that needs to happen. I'll never be out of work. <laughs> That's true. About that. Right. Because yeah. for me, as, as a, a holistic physician, the intention is to help people use that experience of whatever it is, chronic fatigue, migraines, viral illness, whatever it is, as an opportunity to glimpse that there's something much larger that's there that is pulling you, you know, and you can really... Um, accelerate this unfoldment of what you can be and do if you pay more attention to it. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know, we try to bring that to folks' attention because it's just, it's really key. And it certainly makes life a lot more easy to bear. And, you know, um, it's it's just beautiful. (laughs) No, it's, yeah, it's all essential. And I think, you know, it's a matter of people, really coming to a place of truthfulness of where they are at this moment in their own joy, in their own, maybe sadness, it just in the truth of how you feel right now and saying, okay, what do I want to do right now? I've heard this conversation. What can I do for myself right now? And like Dr. Kakai have been, been saying, it doesn't mean that what you have to do is so far outside of you. It really begins with you, you might have in no money, but you've got yourself. And that's where it's all starting because we can't get away from ourselves. <laughs> you know, it's like right. everywhere you go, there you are. You know, so start. You know, and, and that's so key because, you know, um, I think about my travels in, in the African continent and just talking and being with people. Um, it's not about the materiality. We got caught and lost in that. You know, it's really about that internal connection. And I tell people that all health is relational. So you can look at your relationship with food, with the people around you, you know, with, you know, your perception of other cultures. And you can begin to question, you know, why am I caught in that filter, you know, and begin to deconstruct that environment. And if you choose to do that, you will receive help. You say, hey. I want to grow. You put that out in a serious state when, you know, when you're internalizing, you will get answers that will show up in your life. And that's the beauty of this video game. <laughs> because yeah, this, there is help. There's there always is help, help that's available. You Just know. like in a regular video game. <laughs> you go to these different <laughs> levels. <laughs> right. Sometimes right. you get shot a little bit down, but you get your life force back and you can- there you go. Oh, Hit that reset button. <laughs> oh my God. But you know, but but also when we talk about the mind chatter, it's that's also interesting because what what I thought of when you said that was how we love to distract ourselves. So mm. I think that's another truthful area that we have to look at 
is how we like to distract ourselves. And I'll tell you uh, one thing very quickly that I noticed some years ago with, with myself. Oh, it, it kind of relates. But I used to get things done. Somehow it would always be, gosh, you know, why the last, the last minute of whatever the major project or thing is that I need to do. And one day I realized, I go, you like the, I call it the ta-da moment. You know, I love that ta-da. You know, I... <laughs> I pulled the rabbit out of the hat. I got it done. And then it's like, wow, I can't believe I did that. So I finally realized, wait a second, that is a habit. This is why things (laughs) always line up that you can't get it done to the last minute because you like that ta-da moment. So I Mm. I had to work at changing that ta-da moment. So I stopped the (laughs) ta-da. Wow. Wow. No, I, I, I can relate to that. And Along the ways, you discover stuff about yourself that you don't like. In fact, that even other people don't like. Yeah, yeah believe it or well, not. You, know, <laughs> you, you have to choose to work on yourself. And that's just part of the journey. And I just find it really fascinating to begin to talk to people in this way so that you can really help each other. And, you know, I run meditation sessions like twice ah, a week. I was just going to ask you about that. Please mention that. Yeah, I, I do that twice a week, and we use rose quartz um, to help create that field, right? A field of unconditional love that's both protective and allows us to amplify our intention to actually be more of who and what we are. So, a lot of meditation is focused around um, uh, mindfulness. But when I was training in African culture, there's a whole thing of going into trance or trance states which is a little bit different from channeling, but still within that, all of a sudden you receive downloads of of information that is actually useful. So the meditation that I conduct is really helping to create a space where people can have more of that inner connection to whatever it is they need to connect to. And I mean, I tell folks, look, go to the planetarium, or go on top of whatever mountain or hill where you can look up at the stars and realize how less than an insect, a grain of sand that this human form is, and realize that there's consciousness that's out there throughout this living universe. There there are things that you can connect to, but it's almost like an insect trying to connect to a human, (laughs) like to a human person. Right. But Mm -hmm. the difference is, I don't even know if it's the difference, but as human beings, we are connected. We do have that ability to link to a larger reality. Mm -hmm. And I've had enough experiences in life that I'm so clear that how that works and, you know, working to stay in that zone where you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and things just flow for you. I love it. All right. Well, we are there on time, but. Um, please let us know about the meditation because people are going to email me and go, well, how do I connect with that again? Okay. Yeah. Well, my website is healinghealthservices.com. That's healinghealthservices.com. And I've been running a bicoastal practice for like la- the last four years. I'm here. I'm in Santa Monica as well as Brooklyn, New York. But here, um, my number there is 310-966-9194, 310-966-9194. Right. Sounds good. It's always such a pleasure chatting with you. I, I oh, thank you so much. Don't you bring a smile to my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you. And I look forward to much more in 2022, much more of these kinds of talks with you. So thank you. All right. There we go. Incidentally, I will be hosting an upcoming free outdoor gathering in Malibu on Saturday, December 11th. It's called the Awareness Gathering, and it's an opportunity to meet light minds, tools, insights, and ideas for mind and body wellness as we enter 2022. So brain health, body health, mind health, you'll be able to meet some of our previous guests like the Chagat team, Dr. Romeo Brooks, Gregory L. Gillespie of Neurogen, that's brain balancing, 
and Brian David Anderson with TriVortex, and of course, myself and a number of others. So for details or to RSVP, please visit awarenessgathering.com or theexpansionzone.com and click on events. I hope to see you there. Just a few more notes. On the first Wednesday of each month, I host a free teleconference called Reality Wednesdays, where I discuss transformative topics and you get to ask questions or to make comments and just have an, an interchange. So in order to be part of that, please visit therealsoniabarrett.com and just click on events, free workshop, and you'll see that information there. And you can also get on the mailing list because that's re- what you really want to do is get on the mailing list on my website. Uh, it's free in order to be updated as to when the uh, this free monthly workshop is going to take place, what, what date and time. So do join us there. And also once a month, I host the expansion portal for members. And there we discuss mind-bending and stimulating conversations about the nature of reality and all sorts of evolutionary possibilities. Also visit therealsoniabarrett.com to learn more and to get on that email list if you really want to know just how outrageous uh, I can get. (laughs) And also those who join me in outrageous ideas about the nature of reality. And to the listening audience, thank you so much uh, to our engineer. And also do visit theexpansionzone.com for this, uh, this show, the replay of the show, the archive of so many others, and all the details that maybe you missed here with Dr. Kakai. And to find out more about me, do visit therealsoniabarrett.com. And I like to remind you to live life to its fullest and question everything. Until next time, see you then. Everybody wants that eternal kiss. Everyone's saying there's more than this. Everyone wants to follow their own bliss. Talk about one love, one blood, one life in everyone. KPFK 90.7 FM Yeah Yeah, 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 yeah All right Support comes from UCLA Center for the Art of Performance Presenting Ablaze Sissoko and Saru Brocho On Saturday, January 20th at the Nimoy Senegalese choral player Sissoko shares the stage with French accordionist and composer Broto. For evening of contemporary cross-cultural sounds that melds the deep traditions of their very different musical traditions and shares their unique artistry. For tickets, visit cap.ucla.edu or kpfk.org. It's a new year, and you can help KPFK start it off right by attending a special benefit event. KPFK's Interim General Manager, Michael Novick, joins a panel of peace activists to discuss directions for the anti-war movement and for making a just transition away from a war economy. Guest panelists include Teresa Bonpain, Rachel Brunke, Dave Clennon, Jeff Cohen, Maureen Cruz, Jim Lafferty, John Parker, and Reverend Janet McKeithen. Frank Dorrell hosts the event with music by conga poet Julio Rodriguez, Saturday, January 20th from 1 to 3.30 p.m. at Culver Palms Methodist Church in Culver City. Visit kpfk.org for more details and to make your reservation and donation. Thanks for your support, and we look forward to you joining us Saturday the 20th in Culver City.
Palestinian Youth Movement, Al-Auda, Harriet Tubman Center, Black Alliance for Peace, and others will meet Monday, January 15th for the MLK People's March and Vigil, Money for Food and Housing Not for Genocide. They will gather at 2 p.m. at Western and MLK Boulevard in Los Angeles, marching to demand an end to Israel's genocide against Palestinian people and the genocide at home against black and brown people, and to continue the struggle for jobs, housing, and health care. That's Monday, January 15th at 2 p.m. at MLK and Western. In this We're fighting for is KPFK. We shall not be moved. 90.7 FM, Los Angeles. Freedom.